Hi guys, so we're going to be talking to John tonight. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of digging into nutrition for the both of us, like how we eat, what we eat, and discussing that in loose terms, how it relates to Crohn's and colitis. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about how different foods affect us and what we've done to maybe make it affect us less and how we've maybe been able to absorb those into our diets where we get the best out of the food that we eat. If you've got any comments guys just make sure you leave them down below we can have a bit of a discussion about this it's a massive topic so any foods that you think you can't eat or you do eat or you've worked out a way of eating it why not share it down below and we can make this into a bit of a conversation because the more we talk about it and the more we share our ideas the better it's going to be for everybody. Good evening guys, welcome to tonight's episode of Chromecasts. Uh, fellow warrior John Felton's with me and we're going to be talking about nutrition. John, do you want to say hello to the guys? Hello guys, another Sunday evening, uh, another topic to discuss. Um, we may, what we might do is, is touch on a few areas that we've done before, um, possibly, I don't know, see, see which way this goes. Um, but hopefully we can kind of relay our issue, um, the kind of uh, crux of it really is getting, uh, getting our point across of what's affected us and hopefully then that may give you a bit of food for thought, no pun intended. What's kind of brought this topic on is that we've been talking about it ourselves, really, um, just around the kitchen table at lunch times. Yeah, I'll, I'll be eating something and you can't eat that. And <laughs> I'm sort of none the wiser whenever I eat it. So yeah, so first of all, what what do you what do you think is the main thing for us when we're thinking about food? Um, just from general day to day. Uh, not 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 so much from a performance point of view um <clears throat> so i guess i guess the the biggest i mean i, I don't know if I, I should say like the biggest message really um or the biggest thing we should think about is what what really works for you now <clears throat> when when i when i had the j pouch um i found that the the there was a lot of foods that I really I had to spend a lot of time getting used to again in comparison to when I when I had the stoma. Um, and obviously that's reflected now that I've gone back to having a, a permanent ileostomy. Um, I can definitely see the difference um, with the foods that I eat. So I found the, the, one of the best things really that worked for me for bulking out um, when I had a J pouch was was roughage. So getting good uh, good sources of vegetables in your body, especially carrots. Um, soft, obviously softer carrots, not obviously eating yeah. them raw because that that won't work. Um, but getting stuff in like that would would make a big difference to my pouch. It would, it would kind of it would cause uh, bulking so that I could actually pass that better on the toilet. Um, whereas conversely, the, the complete opposite. If I was to have chocolate, which we all love chocolate, of course we do. Buy a chocolate, horrendous. Most times you bring up chocolate, it makes me want to go and get a bar. <laughs> go get a bar go and get a bar but yeah i found i found that um you know chocolate and and not that i not that i not that i drink um but if i had a little bit if i if i was to try alcohol especially anything gaseous would be an absolute nightmare so i just kind of avoided them things really uh, which was tough which was really tough not so much the alcohol didn't weren't that bothered but it was the um the chocolate was a big one for me yeah uh, but uh, yeah, it's been a lot of trial and error. I think that's the main thing, trial and error. I mean, what is that in terms of just keeping your energy levels up and just making sure you get enough vitamin minerals in? Um, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I just I just kind of found what worked best for me. For, like I said, from just general day to day stuff, um, mm. I would just when it comes to performance. I mean, not not an athlete myself, but just just for pure training. And getting your energy up um obviously getting a lot of protein into my body and carbohydrates now that would more that would mostly be from solid foods um rather than that than protein shakes because that's something my stomach couldn't tolerate however what i did find 
was putting the protein into something like a porridge. I think we discussed this before, putting protein into a porridge. So you've got your carbs and protein in there together. Um, that that would that would be okay on my stomach. So that would give me the, the kind of uh, recovery or even the energy prior to training. Um, yeah. Coffee, like coffee, is a good kind of stimulant for for training. If of course you don't consume copious amounts of coffee and, and, and literally become um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, basically, it doesn't work for you. If you drink a lot, um, copious amounts of coffee, then you're not going to get the same kind of uh, stimulant as you would do if, if obviously if you didn't drink as much coffee. So, but the, the only thing with coffee is that I could only drink a small amount. Um, because again, that would kind of go straight through me otherwise. So I drink just about enough to give me enough energy to train. Um, but are you able to drink coffee now with your, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Much better now with the, with the ileostomy. I think, um, it's, I, I've seen a big change from having the J pouch to, to, to managing what I can eat, uh, to pre, uh, Obviously, having the ileostomy now is is a lot different from the J pouch. Hugely, I don't I don't I don't really understand why. Um, it's not like I have the same amount of output coming out the ileostomy as what I would have done out my backside. Mm-hmm. I think whatever's going on down there, it just seems to handle things a lot better. I don't know why. <laughs> I couldn't even explain that why. I I, I don't know. I don't know. How do you, it's probably just a release of the pressure that you have to go to the bathroom. So I think whenever you've not got um, an ileostomy, uh, it'll just come out in a, of its own accord. So although output might be slightly yeah. higher, it's not something you have to consciously be aware of. Yeah. So the urgency, I suppose, yeah, you haven't got that urgency then to kind of rush off the toilet. So you don't really get that feeling. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. And I think like... For me, certainly over the last couple of weeks, I've I've been up and down, as you know, um, yeah. a few days off work and whatnot. And it's just, it's been about just trying to get back on top of eating and making sure I'm getting enough in. Because sometimes it, I've just been I've been knackered, and it's just you know, with with uh, Kylie being sort of uh, pregnant and in the throes of um, morning sickness. She's not really had much of an appetite, so that's, I think that's kind of had an effect on things because they've not really been yeah. that interested in eating because she's not interested in eating, so then it becomes an effort to to cook. Yeah, cook for one. I think that has that times like that because it'll come around. There'll be times where I'll just be going through the motions and everything will be great, and then just it's amazing how quick. So that was less than a month of her having morning sickness for then for me to then have an absolute downturn and be just absolutely ruled off. Yeah, I think I could but, say. I mean, would you say would you would you then say that like your food selection would would has been different, and therefore yeah. the consequences you've been fatigued, or was it just the fact that you're not eating as much, or not really really thinking about it, and it's just it just seems very coincidental that you know it's the not eating as not eating as well, and then and then you your stomach being in turmoil. Definitely, the food choices were less nutritious should we say yeah uh, there would be, be evenings where i come back and we just have cereal in the evening sort of thing or be a yeah. frozen pizza or uh but pretty much comfort food yeah. and quick and easy yeah and it was just like i was come back and then I, getting into that sort of vicious circle or cycle of i'm now tired because i'm not getting enough from my diet and I can't be bothered because I'm tired to therefore prepare a good meal. I guess I guess what that shows is that you're getting the calorific content, you're getting the calories in, no doubt. So for example, yeah. a pizza. But then for me, if I was to eat a pizza, when I had the J push, if I had pizza, especially the the white bread, um, it would just it would cause so much gas. My pouch would just be it would have a massive um uh a bad effect on on the pouch. I would end up on the toilet so so much. And maybe that's just the, the, the whether that be the um, yeast or the, whatever it is in the dough uh, mm. and the tomato and stuff like that. I would definitely see a difference if I was to eat a pizza. So like I said you're probably getting the calories for the energy, but then what's happening is obviously the 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 adverse effects of the the content of the food is just causing you to have more output. So it's just basically you got more out than what you got going in. So therefore you're going to be in a um, a deficit with your calories. Yeah, and I think a lot. I think a lot of people in our community will go through things like that. 
Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm meant to know better. <laughs> yeah, but this is the real world. This is the real world. Yeah, and it's just, I think, for people watching this to understand, you know, I've got a background in nutrition, background in training, a background in elite sport. And I can I can fall foul in my diet and they're, perhaps the wrong word, I don't even know what I would call it, just just a general fatigue. Yeah. And where I'm basically not well, on the feeling like I'm on the borderline of like a viral infection almost. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not, but I'm all right now, you know, after a few days rest and sort of getting back on point. Stopping. But what you also did was to take a step back from training as well. And I think that was important yeah. to realise that, well, okay, if your nutrition is non-point, and I mean, what, what I mean by on-point is not always going to be 100% clean eating and so forth. It's just you're not getting what you want out of your food. Um, yeah. You realise that, that, that you've become very fatigued. And training on top of that, we know, is just, just, just completely has the adverse effect. It, you don't get any gains out of training when you're feeling down when you're feeling fatigued. So it's, sometimes it's just takes the start realisation that you have to step away from training, get your food back on point, get your back yourself back to where you want to be feeling-wise and then and then get back into your training. So it's just taking that kind of educated um, <clears throat> educated process, maybe, is that the word I'm looking for? Um, yeah. To understand what you... You know, we, we discussed this before, is knowing your body, understanding the state that you're in, and then realizing that sometimes you have to take a little bit of a step back, look at yourself, and think, right, where where do I go from here? Um, yeah. So we know why we eat. You know, we we eat for energy, and we know that if we don't eat the right things necessarily, then we don't feel so great. The difficulty I think I find for people with Crohn's and colitis is that sometimes the right foods cause mm. the wrong outcomes for them. I get you. Everything that we stick in our mouth. It has to go the whole way through from your mouth to your anus, essentially. And, and part way through that, it gets its nutrients digested and that gets put out into whatever the body needs it to be, be it energy or be it vitamins and minerals into the system to create new life in your cells or, you know, red blood cells and things like that. Very science based. Um, very, very science. Yeah. I'm taking a step, step back. <laughs> and uh, I think that's where we fall down a lot. We don't always get the best bit because we have that issue within our gastrointestinal tract generally speaking from below the stomach to the anus that's where we have most of our problems and unfortunately for us as humans that's where most of the uh, usefulness in consuming food comes from yeah you're right in so you're saying like with regards to the the right foods the good foods you know beans legumes just the, the food the, the goodness and stuff there's only so much you can get from that center i found it very difficult to beans massive that would cause a lot of wind from, from, from my pouch so i've really struggled with stuff like that we spoke about nuts in the past and we mm -hmm. um, nuts are you know such a great source of fats um and proteins and yet i couldn't eat nuts because i couldn't digest them um i would m more than likely um <clears throat> end up with a blockage so you know as much as you, the goodness in that food is the correct food to be eating obviously within within the right amounts i just couldn't my my body couldn't tolerate it so it's all well and good looking at the guidelines of what we should be eating however uh, with with a j pouch and the osteomy and whatever's going on it's just it's difficult to to follow those guidelines because you got to work out what's going to what's going to work for you really yeah and i when you look at things like the eat well plate and stuff it's got you know, it's, it's good advice. I'm not saying Absolutely. that it's bad advice. You know, you're looking at a balance of carbs, proteins, fats, and vitamins and minerals. But yeah, it's just that understanding that some of those aren't going to fit for us. And I, I think one of the the crazy things I noticed certainly whenever I moved to a ileostomy, and then now that I've got a J pouch, it's kind of similar, except I can't play with it. Yeah. Is it note to myself from uh, my past? But yeah, so whenever I used to eat food that my body didn't necessarily have the time to digest properly, like baby yeah. sweet corns and whatnot, or peas. Uh, yeah. And it, it would just, I would feel it coming out of my leostomy. And it, would, it wasn't actually obviously the, the intestine that I could feel it. It was coming through where the, the hole was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pressure around the sort of where the hole was is it's pumping that out. They're like, oh, what's that? And I look at it and it's like literally uh, an entire baby sweet corn. How it's gone in is exactly how it comes yeah. back. Fake beans, the lot coming straight. <laughs> Wait, the way it went in the way, it's just like, you beans know, and like, oh, 
I, I think tonight, after the last couple of weeks, is one of the first times I've actually sat down in a while and consciously chewed my food yeah. to the nth degree because there was so many... Again, it's one of those things like I know that I need lots of dark green vegetables, mm-hmm. high, uh, good source of iron um, amongst other vitamins and minerals. But if I don't chew it, I'm not going to get anything from it because it's not in my system as long. Well, yeah. maybe that maybe that's misinterpretation from myself, but because I see it coming out pretty much as it went in, I'm going. Oh, yeah, you know. Like clockwork, you can guarantee, I could guarantee to within within two hours later, what's gone in is coming back out, and that just yeah. shows how quick that is going through your body. So in order for your body to absorb that, it's a lot more difficult. But like you said, it's getting the right foods in, but understanding how that's going to react with your body like we talk what were we talking about like again with the sweet corn with um any kind of really shiny skins such as peppers again i found that difficult to process with a j pouch very difficult to get through the gut and then i would get some griping knowing that my my bowel uh one of the left of the bowel was actually working really hard to try and get that through my body um and sometimes i could feel that i had a partial blockage coming on yeah. So that was difficult because all these colourful, nutrient-rich foods that I really want to get in my body in order to kind of, kind of get most out of what my training and 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 just just health really, mm-hmm. I was struggling to digest and actually struggling to get in my body. Now you could say, well, supplement that with vitamins, which is it's just a great idea. But ideally, you really want to get everything what from what you can from food. Does that make sense? From solid foods rather than supplement vitamins but if you have to i mean i've had to take vitamins now multivitamins um i don't take them um every day per se um mainly because i forget but you can definitely tell a difference in your energy levels and your, and your kind of alertness when i've taken um some vitamins yeah yeah i think you've hit the nail on the head as far as the nutrition side of things goes uh, I think as a as a population, not just in Crohn's class, I think we all have a very rudimental understanding of what we should eat. Yeah. And certainly we know that having a chippy every night isn't going to be good for us. But like like you've just alluded to, foods that are normally best for us, ironically, seem to have significant side effects that make people with Crohn's class exceptionally uncomfortable. So like I know you consumed spinach or like you're saying legumes Broccoli. and things like that being gassy is really not good um but yeah i think you know we we do suffer from a deficiency in iron and vitamin b12 and vitamin d because of these things and sometimes supplementing is a the best way if not the only way that you're going to be able to keep yourself topped up on those things and that's that's more just thinking about people for Crohn's and colitis certainly trying to keep them top of their iron and b12 um you know because it's, it's such a difficult thing to do but normal foods for me i have struggled with in the past i've tried to find out ways that i can get them in so i'm getting it from a food source because yeah. the other thing with that is you're not just getting a specific vitamin or mineral you're getting a basically a basket full so one of the ways i've found is good to get a lot of the vitamins and minerals out of vegetables is to make smoothies so like so you can add some you can add supplements on top of that so like your your green drinks and your red drinks that are all the rage at the minute and you can find them on places like amazon and whatnot and we'll have a chat later maybe we'll link them down below yeah you know there's there's plenty of things out there but just stick in spinach and kale and broccoli and uh, celery and stuff into a food processor with a bit of pineapple and it, it's it's drinkable do you know what i mean and it's it's a good way because then like we mentioned earlier really consciously chewing your food well if it's then liquidized it then becomes a bit easier for your body to then try and digest it i'm not saying that Crohn's and colitis well you're eating a liquid diet from now on yeah yeah that's it but it is a tool that you can use to help top up any sort of deficits if you know you don't have the money to be going out and buying tablet formed vitamins and minerals which i wouldn't suggest is necessarily the best method but certainly it's a lot cheaper to then make it straight from scratch into a smoothie yeah and then that brings me on to my next one so we were talking you talked to me about peanuts before and peanuts is a great source of 
oils and fats. Uh-huh. And again, like I, I, I love peanut butter and I used to have it quite a bit before I ended up having to have surgeries. And it would never have caused me issues before, not or non, not that I was aware of them anyway. Yeah. But certainly, whenever I would consume it when I had a J pouch, it would come through and it would be little tiny chunks of peanuts, and um, it would be all chewed up. But it would be it just be it would be like, it'd be like sand. If that's yep. that's the way to describe it, it would be like sand in in my sort of um, <laughs> coffee bag. So as you can imagine, that consistency then passing through uranus whenever you've gone back to a j pouch was not fun whatsoever and i thought my, uh, may as well wipe your bottom with sandpaper yeah i thought my love affair with peanuts was over but <laughs> i can if i eat it with something that's a bit stodgy i can still eat peanuts in a small quantity uh, but what i've done is i'll buy just ordinary untreated peanuts from the supermarket so you can get them from many supermarkets now where they haven't really done anything in terms of processing other than stick them in a packet whole foods generally aren't they yeah i mean I, one i've bought is a supermarket's own brand but you can get you can get lots of like whole foods and, and various other people where they, they just haven't treated them at all which is which i would urge people that's the probably the best way to get them Uh, and then I just put them onto a pan you can and sometimes I'll drizzle with coconut oil or olive oil or sometimes I'll just put them in dry and basically roast them myself in the oven and then I'll put them into a food processor and blitz it until it is literally nothing so it grinds it right down to like a fine dust powder if I put olive oil into it and I've topped the olive oil up as I've blitzed it it actually makes itself into a peanut butter Um, and then I'm able to put that and mix it up with yogurt or whatever in the morning for a bit of breakfast with some fruit and then i'm able to have that's what how i'm able to have the nuts in and i actually don't get any irritation yeah and what sort of things have you found with foods that you previously maybe have enjoyed or you know they are good for you and you, you've maybe got like a trick to getting them in um well one of the ones like i said i spoke about before supplementing protein really um mm. just purely because of my training um just don't want to end up in the deficit don't really want to be kind of going catabolic so um <clears throat> stay on top of that i like i said i put the protein powder and generally i would use either the usn or i'd use a casing with a slow release mm-hmm. and put that into a porridge um sometimes into maybe um a greek yogurt so like the, the fire ones or, or other brands mm-hmm are available obviously but something of a of a thicker consistency and just kind of mix that in and i felt that my body would tolerate it a lot a lot lot better um as you said before with some of the other foods uh, the the um <clears throat> excuse me peppers um broccoli and and the, the your greens you just juice it up just get it into a food process and break it down as much as you can so you, you know your bowels are going to pass that a lot easier plus you know it's already down that broken stage so hopefully you can your body will digest that um better get a get a much more absorption of the, the nutrients yeah i guess if there is a food if there is a food i'd struggle with um i would generally put that with again a lot more roughage so mm-hmm. i know that then the roughage would help to bulk everything up that makes sense so you know with a lot more vegetable potatoes carrots um and, and I, I tend to find that that was a lot better on my stomach as well. Yeah, so uh, starchy products for me are always quite good. And it's something I, I would never really have looked at before. I would always go on like things like whole grain. Yeah. Uh, whereas now I, I'll, I buy white bread and I'll, that's what I'll eat. I'll have white rice. I'll have white pasta. Uh, and one, but one of the things I, I've noticed that I've started to really consume a lot of is bananas. Yeah. Now, you know, there are there are schools of thought that overconsumption of bananas can have bad side effects for other reasons. However, I think at some level, you know, you just got to take the rough with the smooth. And I think I'm going to get more benefits from potentially having two or three bananas a day compared to and that slowing down my digestion. Yeah. Then allowing me to get a bit more out of my food versus not consuming bananas and therefore not retaining, you know, as much. Don't don't quote. There's no kind of uh, real reference or quote in you. But we were talking about the 
consuming bananas previous, not myself and uh, just another work colleague. I was saying it was so ridiculous. Some of the research that was um, kind of counteracting what they were saying with regards to how many you should eat, and it, it was something ridiculous that like you'd need to eat like twenty bananas a day or something for it to have that, that kind of um, you know the, the too much zinc or, or whatever it was. It's was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to consume. I'm not. A, I'm not a monkey. I'm not going to consume twenty bananas a day. Um, so yeah. I, I think two or three bananas to, to help thicken the consistency of, of, of what's going through your body is, is um, yeah, it's not going to make, it's not going to give you any negative effects, really. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, bananas, actually. I'll tell you another really good one. It's when you talk about white, uh, white foods and, you know, like white bread, white pasta. It's funny when I, when I had the J pouch, uh, not long after the surgery, and I spoke to the surgeon, he was kind of saying to me, and bear in mind, I'm not trying to be funny, that the surgeon was not in good shape. Let's just put it that way. And um, he did not look after himself. But he was kind of telling me, oh, you need to eat white pasta, white breads. And this is completely, I'd say, in, in, it's quite controversial with regards to what we're actually taught, what we should be eating, you know, like your whole grains, in comparison to, you know, the, the white bleached bread. Um, but you know what? He was absolutely right, is that I was eating the white, the, the, the white uh, pasta and the white bread. And actually, it would be slightly better on my stomach than what it uh, than um than the whole grain or you know the wheat uh wheat germ and stuff like that so it's <clears throat> funny how it's funny how a food that is not generally frowned upon is the wrong thing to say but not as um nutrient dense or as, as good as what the other the the brown stuff is um yeah. was actually better on our stomach yeah marshmallow another one storm and so to try some marshmallows and uh yeah that would help actually thicken up things so i'll have a bit of chocolate on a marshmallow that would make a difference <laughs> i'm not advocating go out and eat loads of marshmallows because they're full of sugar but i'm just saying is as something to help and if you want something you know a little bit of that sugary treat then a marshmallow will do yeah and i think yeah i think a big like my stomach nurse we had this conversation the other day basically told me oh well just go and have mcdonald's and stuff and you'll be fine you know you can eat that and you can eat that stuff now <laughs> like you don't put on weight when you haven't got a large intestine and i was just like I don't. I think you're missing the point, love. <laughs> but you know, we can. You can go out, and you know what? A portion of McDonald's fries will sort of slow things down, thicken things up a bit. So you, you've got all of those options. But yeah, it's not going to work in the long run. Eating things like that and shoving marshmallows down your neck, but you can do them in the short term. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, then, um, it was playing around trial and error with food for a long time it was writing down a diary keeping a diary and it you have you have to be pretty strict with it actually um you know trial and error with different foods just kind of write it down whatever you want to do put it down your phone it's just making sure that you you put down things that affect you badly and that things that help um to improve your output um and that's i think that's a, a key key area really is is, is writing down the foods that you can tolerate and those that you can't and then finding a good balance really um that that was the biggest that was that made the biggest difference for me actually when i had a j pouch now like i said with an ileostomy i can tolerate so the foods that i found out that you know really badly affected me and those that were i can tolerate a lot better because i could i could retrial them when i had the ileostomy um and then think well actually do you know what i'm handling that a lot better i actually had um and again, it's last night. And like I said previously, with a G pouch, any alcohol would just um, turn my stomach um, and, and I'd be in a bad way. But that Guinness last night and the, the output for my pouch was no different to what it was. Not what, what it was. Uh, sorry, the ileostomy. Uh, the output was no different um, to what it was without a drink, if that makes sense. Where were you last night? Just in the house. Oh, it's nice. Sorry about no, that it was, um, yeah, sorry. It was um, my um, my my sister-in-law and my best mate, who's her fella. They they got engaged on holiday last week, um, oh, nice. so they came round for a takeaway. Dare I say? <laughs> dare I say it? We talked about nutrition. I had a takeaway, and uh, I decided that we'd have a can of Guinness together just to celebrate. And do you know what? It went down. It went down smooth. It went down really nice, and I didn't have any problems with it afterwards. So I was quite pleased. But it was only one can. But that, that's what we're saying. Everything in moderation. I think we have to make that point as well. You know, in regards to the foods that we're eating, um, you can eat. You know, you can you can 
tend to eat what you want, but it's got to be in moderation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's just that's the rule for life, really. Just moderation. Hey, what you're talking about whenever you had your uh, J pouch and stuff. Yeah. I think that's a really important factor for a lot of people at various stages of the disease or, or various stages of, of takedown or setup is keeping a food diary. I mean, if yeah, you yeah. have a very bland diet, you know, don't just take what we're saying as verbatim. The stuff that we're talking about eating, we've trialed that into our own diets. Yeah. And I think if you were to chuck people watching this, if you're just going to chuck stuff into your diet, you may fall foul. So just try little bits and pieces, try it in small doses and then see how that, how you react with that. And then if it does have a positive reaction, then you can, you know, increase that and see how that goes. And if it has a negative reaction, then just, just cut it out. Um, you know, the last thing we want is to cause people more discomfort um, through food. So try and explore as many foods as you can, and that way you'll know what works, what doesn't work. And again, like just because something didn't work the first time around, in six months' time, it could work. Yeah. So yeah. it's just it's just being able to do that. I had to do that, with, like I said, with with chocolate, um, because I said majority of the population out there will enjoy chocolate, and uh, mm. the stomacher said to me, well, "Why don't you start on a white chocolate with less co uh, cocoa content?" Um, just like a baby, generally what they used to do yeah. with babies, start them on like a white chocolate, and uh, and then and then bring yourself onto um, you know the lower content cocoa chocolates, and then and then build that up. And actually, that I could it did work, I guess. But I could eat chocolate. I could eat you know, kind of a, a milk chocolate, but again, it would be in very small amounts. And if I didn't, if I was being a glutton, then I knew I was going to pay for it afterwards. So it's not to completely avoid the foods that affect you. It's just try them in smaller amounts first. And the more you can tolerate, then hopefully the more you can eat. But, you know, whether whether you're whether you're suffering with the illness or not, I mean, copious amount of chocolate isn't really going to help anyone in the long term. It makes you feel better sometimes. But, um, yeah, it's just understanding that, you know, don't completely cut foods, well, cut them out, but, you know, kind of introduce them slowly back into your diet. Yeah. So um, on that, so how, are you, how are you feeling uh, for this week? So do you mind me discussing this week? No, no, absolutely not. I'll carry on, yeah. So, um, John's going uh, back in for another surgery this week. So I'm just wondering, on, on that front, like, how have you been working nutrition-wise and stuff to get yourself ready for that? And how do you, how do you feel about it? Um, well, the, the, the surgery I'm actually having this week is for a prolapse stoma um, caused by... Um, caused by a blockage that I had. So the convulsions caused it to prolapse. Um, so hopefully it's not like a, a, a huge uh, invasive surgery again. We've dis I discussed this with the surgeon. Hopefully he's been able to go in around the side of the stoma and pull that back through, suture it off and off you go. Um, if not, I'm gonna have a, another cut up and down uh, a good eight inches um, as it was last time. Um, I'm hoping it doesn't come to that. With regards to prepping food-wise and diet, I've not, like I said, I'm a Chinese weekend. Nothing, nothing really changes up until probably about Wednesday. The surgery's on Thursday, so I said from Wednesday is probably going to be eating um, not not as heavy roughage food, um, not as dense food. So it'll be just maybe some fish and some protein, um, some maybe some rice, just white mm -hmm. rice, just lighter foods really, some fruit. Uh, especially bananas, maybe some tangerines, stuff like that. So plenty of vitamins, minerals, energy in there. Um, and, you know, keep me nice and uh, prepped for the surgery. But that's it, really. I mean, it's not really going to make a massive difference. I mean, the, the surgery is any surgery really going under the knife is quite worrying. Um, but you know what? Been there, done that. And hopefully it's not going to be as bad this time. I'll be back on my feet before I know it. And then uh, getting back in the gym to do my rehab. So one of the things I liked about it is like you're talking about getting enough uh, vitamins and minerals in and getting yourself ready for that repair process. Yeah. And like I noticed your week you were doing something very specific with an apple and like so what how do how do you manage your fruit intake? Yeah. So what you said about shiny shiny skins, you know, like peppers and apples and so forth. And that's something I really couldn't tolerate with my bowel, especially when I had the J pouch. Um, so 
what what I tend to do is take take them off. So with, with regards to the apple I was having the other day, was took off the skin, just peeled off the skin, and then ate the apple there. And I found that was really good. You know, obviously I'm getting um, the goodness of the apple without the the bad effects of eating the skin. So like I said foods like that you can still eat, but it's just adapting how you eat them. Um, I mean, there's arguments obviously that the the content of the 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 goodness of the skin that comes from from the apple. But then I'm still getting benefits and goodness from the apple itself by discarding mm-hmm. the the skin uh, that would well otherwise cause me to have uh, an upset stomach. Um, I've not really tried it with the ileostomy, so eating an apple with the skin on with the ileostomy. But to be honest, I'm not that bothered. I'm happy that I can eat an apple without the skin on. Well, I I can key you in that because I've done both. But you eat yeah you eat kiwis with skin on, don't you? No 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 no. What? Hell no. Who does that? Uh, I don't know. Probably Kyle. Oh no, it's LJ. It's LJ. LJ does it. He just he, he I think it's just laziness for him, really. I think he Probably. just he just can't be asked to peel it. So just eat it with the skin on. Yeah, so but essentially the skin is insoluble fibre. So it adds to that sort of what, what people would then call in a diet, they call it roughage. And then the fruit, the fruit itself inside the skin is soluble fiber, which is where we get a lot of stuff from. So the rough foods that people normally talk about, that's to bulk out your large intestine. If you haven't got a large intestine, there's really no need for it, so to speak. So having just the soluble part is yeah. fine for us, and it's going to cause us less headaches or less bowel aches or arse aches, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, and it makes it makes complete sense. And to be honest, it actually makes the food more enjoyable. I'm not going down the line of where I'm peeling grapes, but certainly, <laughs> you know, I'll peel a I'll peel a an orange. I'll peel, you peel an orange anyway. You know, you're going to peel a banana. You're going to peel an apple now. I think the apple is really the only one that's unusual for us to peel. Yeah, potato skins. As an Irishman, I have to give up my potato skins. You know, the odd time I'll have one. Uh, I'll have like a slither of it just to give me that flavour because like a well done jacket potato or baked potato where the skin's all crispy and that yeah. It's quite but, hard to resist really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just but yeah, it's just one of those things and it's just an adaption and just understanding. So like trialing, trialing all those things like we said is, is gonna be really, really good for you. Um yeah. and just bringing it in small samples. So what what are you thinking, John? Post surgery now? What's what's your your thought process? So you're pushing deadline day. What's what's um, going to be the things you're thinking well, ultimately, with you? after the surgery, depending which way it goes, with regards to the cut. Um, I think in order to get my energy up quite quick, because I'm going to probably be a, immobile for a little while, maybe a few days. If the cut's worse, then it's going to be a few weeks. Um, so I think the initially post-surgery will be um, high-energy drinks. So when I had the first ever surgery, I think they gave me um, drinks called Ensure, um, which are full of calories, um, which I'm probably going to need because for me, every time every time I've had surgery, um, so this will be the fifth time, I've, I tend to lose hell of a lot of weight. Um, and that's just, that's just my, whether that's my metabolic rate, my kind of... Um, my body type um, as, a, as a classic ectomorph, um, I will lose a lot of muscle mass quite quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So if I can get the, the kind of energy dense and, and the calorif, um, calorific dense foods in um, straight away in, in the form of shakes to start with, because that's, that's probably what my storm is going to be able only to handle for the first few weeks, um, then that's kind of what I'm going to do. But I will then build that up slowly then with, with, proteins but soft like white meats or fish um, rather mm-hmm. than red meats because I probably won't be able to tolerate them tolerate them for a little while either um, so yeah it's, it's just it's going to be a slow process but I think I think just getting foods in that are easy to break down so easier soluble foods um, to get into the system and that would probably be through like I said shakes to start with like for people that are watching what what is an ileostomy in case they haven't got one already. Do you want me to, want me to see that one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, guys, so for those of you watching that maybe are quite 
normal functioning with your Crohn's and Clays and haven't had to go through surgery just yet, you may not be aware of what an ileostomy is. So an ileostomy, say that again, an ileostomy <laughs> is essentially uh, where the surgical team remove your large bowel and then you, you're left with a stoma and then you are given a colostomy bag and you're basically no longer need to go to the toilet through your rectum anymore and you'll you'll go number two into the colostomy bag um, one of the things with that is because you no longer pass through your rectum therefore food comes out of its own or waste product comes out of its own speed Cold, so yeah. yeah so it's difficult to control things like salt and water retention so that's something that also needs to be a balance if you've got an ileostomy and thinking about those aspects of it on top of everything else that we've talked about tonight. Well, it just shows how complex it is. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's kind of hard for people to understand if they've not if they've not suffered from the illness or don't know anyone that does suffer with the illness. It's kind of it's really hard to describe. You think food is by the bias, you know, it goes in one end and it comes out the other, but a little bit different from us. It comes out the other end, but through your abdomen rather than come out your bottom um, yeah so like you said it, it, there's not not that we all have a control over what's happening inside our body it's just it's got less 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 to travel and less your body obviously less absorption from the body so it, it becomes very difficult it is it is a lot of trial and error and just seeing what works for you but regard to salt content i mean i do add a little bit more salt to my food which does alter the flavoring then i know that i'm getting the, the sodium you know in in the body that i need i mean keeping yourself rehydrated is obviously hugely key um drinking copious amount of water doesn't always help because that can come you know as in, in one end straight out the other so just adding some kind of not high sugary fruit juices but just something to it to give a little bit more substance so it mm. holds better that's what i found so even if it's a little kind of a low sugar um squash just something like that that'll just kind of retain a little bit longer in the body than just kind of water i found that that obviously helps yeah and I, that's a big balance so one of the things i notice massively is when i'm dehydrated and it's something i do try my best to keep on top of so one of the tricks i have on the hydration side is to consume consume little bit and often and if i'm consuming more than a little bit i'll try and tie that up with eating something like a banana or yeah. a sandwich or something where there's going to be something that's going to sort of absorb a little bit of it yeah and i think that can work well in terms of allowing to maintain hydration whilst not just constantly running to the toilet so, so for fruits with a lot you know that are very um uh not liquidy, but you know, have a lot of um, liquid content, mm -hmm. um, such as like kiwis themselves, pomegranate, um, oranges. So you, your hydration levels will be picked up through eating food, if that makes sense, rather than just just keep drinking water, keep drinking water. Um, so I found that really helps as well. Yeah, oh, totally. And then another thing I find is is like I there'll be points in the day like I never really was one for eating, eating little and often. Whereas now I'll I will definitely condone snacking, uh, yeah, and just being yeah. sen being sensible with your snacks. I'm not saying like just walk around with a constant multi pack of walkers on you, uh, <laughs> but like you know picking up little bits and pieces. You know I don't mind having the I'll have the odd fruit bar. Uh, yeah. like you, there's a company called Naked that makes them with um, dates essentially, as uh, compressed all the fruit compressed in with dates that makes essentially the date makes the bar. Loads of other companies that do exactly the same thing. Uh, that's quite good. Can, you know I just chip in there? Can I just chip yeah. in there? So you're talking about dates and those naked bars. My, again, this is where we differ. Um, yeah. even though you've had the same disease, this, this and that. I found that my body couldn't tolerate dates. So I would eat one of those bars and they're fantastic tasting bars and great kind of nutrients in them. Um, um, but I found that my body couldn't tolerate them. Do you know what I mean? So this is what we're talking about is what works for one may not work for the other. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just having dr some dried fruit, some chip bananas, these, you know, things that you can easily carry around. Things are quite easy for them and just kind of snack on them. Yeah. So I, I find um, so totally dried when it was like literally like a chip or a crisp. crisp. 
Yeah. Um, I could. I didn't like that. But whenever it was um, just like a stage before, I'm not sure what you call that. Um, preserved fruit, I guess yeah. maybe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so you get like mango and peaches and things where it's got a little bit of texture still with it. Yeah. I could eat them like that, yeah. and actually that was really useful. Um, and again, but like today's world, you know, we're being preached about levels of sugar and whatnot. So just managing it. There's other things as well that you can find to bring in and have. So like I'll have porridge or other bits and pieces of food, really. But I, what I do find is that I was towards three o'clock in the afternoon getting very, very gassy. And I, was having a, I wasn't having any foods that I was aware of that would make me gassy. And it's just, yeah. it's just a change in my system that all of a sudden in the afternoons, if I don't consume something, then I'll, I'll get gassy to the point where I need to lie down and a massive fart. Which is great because I, I work in a huge ha air craft hangar, so I don't really disturb it. Yeah, them. it's dispersed anyway. Man. Yeah, but but yeah, it, it's you know I, I can understand for other people who maybe work in an office environment or somewhere else that's a bit more public that get into that stage where you are cramping up and you don't feel that you can alleviate it some way. Uh, that might be an answer for you to have something like water can actually dissipate the wind as well. Mint. Mint, yeah. peppermint, uh, peppermint teas, or, or just a peppermint cordial stuff. Like I know I, I understand peppermint cordial is a lot of sugars. Hello. <laughs> I remember actually, the uh, I after my I think it was my second surgery, and I had I had I was in excruciating pain, and I was doubled over and screaming for extra meds to in, nullify the pain, yeah. and I was. And I was at this stage, like I was literally 24 hours post-op and the uh, still had a catheter in, still had been everything that had been hanging off me, that been uh, yeah. still, still on a morphine pump. So I was like, do you know what I mean? I was self-administering morphine and I was still in turbo clip. And the nurse was like, oh, you need to get up and walk around. And I was like, how am I going to walk around when I'm <laughs> over in pain? I've got all this stuff with me and I need more... I need stronger, and she was like, "It's just wind, son." Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, "What?" And then, sure enough, I got up and walked around, and I had a massive burp and a massive been fart into my stoma bag, and uh, yeah, that was, that was wind. So, it's funny because it's so real, though. It's exactly what it's like. It's like you, as you, as you manage to get yourself up and just like, "I'm up," then you can feel it, kind of just, you can feel it, all the mechanics, everything going on. It's yeah. like, you can feel it gurgling. You think, yeah, actually, that's that's what I needed. It's 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 funny because it's so real. It's it's yeah. that's what it is. And I'm lying there thinking I'm having an embolism or something. <laughs> Something's happened. Okay, so John, we tried a lot about different bits and pieces. What's what's your sort of takeaway? How would, how would you like to wrap up um, today's chat? First, first and foremost, there's plenty of it. Apart from what we've discussed. There's plenty of information out there from the Crohn's and Colitis website um, and other forums um, related to this, this uh, the disease that will guide you on different foods that you, you know, you you, you can try. Basically, that runs into the next point, <laughs> mumbling on, um, is that it's still trial and error. So whatever the guidelines say, that isn't necessarily verbatim for everyone. It's what works best for you. And as we discussed, some things that may work for one person may not work for the other. Um, but it's essential, absolutely essential that you keep a food diary because that will make all the difference for you in the long term. It's, it's short term kind of not pain in the bottom, uh, no pun intended, but it's, you know, to kind of jotting everything down. But the sooner you do it, the, the better it will be long term for you. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, I think John's made a, uh, an excellent point. There is, there is no real fast rule. And I discovered that I like, talked to a dietitian i was fortunate enough that when everything happened i was at the center of excellence for rehab in the military and we had people on tap and i was really annoyed because the dietitian wouldn't give me any she was giving me advice but she wasn't giving me advice yeah. and the reason she wasn't giving me advice is because it's so personal that it's very difficult to give advice so the, the biggest thing that i would say is to try and look at foods that give you the most bang for your buck Generally speaking, it's vegetables. Generally speaking, they're dark green in variety. Um, and if you can try those in small quantities and see if they work for you or try them in a uh, blended up or try them in a soup or try them soft 
after cooking, um, that's going to be the best way you can potentially get those into your system. Yeah. But definitely, definitely, definitely keep a diary and experiment. It's the only way that you're going to really discover things um, that work for you. And just have a bit of fun doing it. There's loads of different diets out there. There's loads of different things that people talk about. But like with everything in, in today's world, there's always a counter piece of research that will tell you exactly the opposite of what that other piece of research is. There is no right way. Let me let me rephrase that. There is no one fix fits one all. Size fits all. One, yeah. There's no one size fits all when it comes to diet nutrition. And you'll have one guy that swears by paleo. You'll have another guy that has some uh, anti-inflammatory diet that cuts out carbs. You'll have another guy that's like fat only. And that might work for them, but it may not work for you. So you got to think in the micro and in the macro, is that is that sustainable in the macro? And in the micro, is that causing you a hell of a lot of disruption i mean i um tried to have a low carb high fat sort of balanced diet for a while i couldn't handle it because without the carbs in there and i couldn't literally could not eat enough cauliflower to do take over what a slice of bread would do the level of acidity in my system was quite high because without a large intestine and we're not able to absorb the uh essentially the bile that comes out of your stomach. So that le that will leak into your small intestine. But by the time it gets into the large intestine and by the time it gets to a normal person's rectum, it's generally speaking nullified. That's not the case whenever you've got a J pouch or an ileostomy. <laughs> so uh, those are those are all things, but pe different people, that's what I'm saying, that didn't work for me, but it could work for somebody else. So definitely, definitely, definitely experiment. And like John's already alluded to, there is a website for people like us in the UK called Crohn's and Clitus UK. And equally, there are websites in America. One that I know of is uh, Crohn's Colitis Foundation. I believe that they will all uh, talk to each other and generally have a, a consensus on the stuff that they pump out in terms of advice. And it's really good. There's loads of PDF files on there or leaflets that give you lots of different bits and pieces. and actually quite in-depth information and links it on to other research and other places that you can go and find for information so yeah seek that out have a look keep a diary but most of all i want people to stop feeling like they're stuck i don't want people to feel like they're stuck and feel like there's no way out there's always a way out and there's always something that we can do um and just try and enjoy it try and enjoy the small things that's what i'm trying to do as best i can um, you know, we've, we've both got kids and, you know, there's some days that they drive us up the wall. <laughs> Realising that that child's fit and healthy and actually, you know, given what we've been through, we're still here to enjoy them. So that's... Absolutely, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a good point. Well, I think, I think that takes us off from this episode. Absolutely. Let's go for it. <laughs> what were we gonna say? So, um, so you're getting battered there, aren't you? By the way, it's with, uh, really? Yeah, really? Really? It's really kicking off down there. Expecting Mary Poppins coming down. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, thanks for watching today's episode. I hope you got something from it. If you haven't done so already make sure you subscribe to the channel hit that little bell icon and you'll get an update when we upload our newest content and don't forget to leave a comment down below let's turn this into a discussion because the more we talk about it the better it's going to be for everybody thanks for watching and we'll see you in the next video